Here we are again, looking into the rear pew mirror, reflecting on how things can look different from the last row of the sanctuary. I'm Doug Brook, and if you're like me, you sometimes stare at the calendar, even when it seems like time no longer has any meaning. Especially when time no longer has any meaning. But we look anyway, am I right? So, I was looking at the calendar here in early January of 2022, and what did I see? January 17th, 2022. And three months earlier than usual, I asked, why is this day different from all other days? It's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, commemorating an historic icon whose dream is probably rolling over in his grave with him lately. There's so much to say about MLK Day that I wouldn't know where to begin, so with all respect to it, I won't try. It also would have been Betty White's 100th birthday being commemorated with a nationwide cinematic party. At the moment I'm saying this, they're going ahead with the party as a celebration of her. When I first wrote a column about this in December, she was still with us, and there was originally something funny right here that I was going to say related to her birthday and the party, but of course she left on Era of Rosh Hashanah, December 31st. The CDC does confirm, though, that I did not jinx her. But, in case you haven't heard, Betty White did actually live through her 100th birthday. On the Hebrew calendar, which is centuries older than the Gregorian calendar, mind you, her birthday of January 17th, 1922, fell on the 17th of Tevet, 5682. In the current Hebrew year, 5782, the 17th of Tevet fell back on December 21st, 2021. So, based on the calendar that's existed many centuries longer, she cleared the century mark with over a week to spare. So, January 17th of 2022. Why is this day different from all other days? So far, we have MLK Jr. Day, Betty White's centennial commemoration, and now, third and last... Oh, okay, yes, the, the, the why is this day different from all other days thing alludes to Passover's greatest hit, the four questions, which, by the way, are really four answers to one question if you actually read your Haggadah more closely this April. But due to holiday season postal delays, only three questions arrived in time for me talking to you now. So, third and last, January 17th is also Tubishvat. The Jewish New Year for the Trees. Yes, this holiday exists. After all, trees are people too, and we have to care for them. It's not like they grow on trees, you know. Despite what its name sounds like, Tubishvat is on the 15th of the Hebrew month of Shavat, not on the 2nd, or 2, of Shavat. <laughs> That's actually easier to say here on the podcast. Uh, putting that in writing... I had to put in an editor's note saying, that's funnier spoken than in writing. Please read it out loud, react accordingly, and if that reaction didn't include ripping this page from the magazine and pouring kerosene on it to stoke your winter fireplace, continue reading. I followed that with another editor's note saying, the editor didn't actually write the previous editor's note. Or this one. Anyway, why would Judaism have its own Arbor Day? I mean... Weren't we a desert people? And why have it on one of the coldest months of the year? 
Talmudic scholars spent so long debating this that they didn't even have time to write their debate into the Talmud. In fact, they were so ashamed that they couldn't resolve these questions that they were relieved to leave no proof that they ever even tried. But the holiday itself does go all the way back to the Talmud. It's not some postmodern vegetarian fascist space laser environmentalist plot. The Mishnah mentions four New Year's days in the Jewish calendar, of which Tu Bishvat is one. I've written before about them, and I'm sure we'll talk about them soon enough, so I'm not going to get into all of it now. But to save you forgetting to look it up yourself, the four New Year's of the Jewish calendar are Rosh Hashanah, the one we all know and where we wear white after Labor Day, Tu Bishvat, the first of Nisan just before Passover, which is the actual biblical New Year's Day, and the one that nobody realizes, the first of Elul, a month before Rosh Hashanah, which is basically the new year for animals. We'll get into addressing your, wait, what? Some other time. Tu Bishvat isn't as well known as some other Jewish holidays like Hanukkah because while its name has numerous debatable spellings, for every two rabbis there are three transliterations of Bishvat, None can be morphed into nearly as many variants as the name of the annual Maccabean memorialization. Trees actually have a long presence in Judaism, despite so much of early Jewish history being in deserts. All the way back in the Garden of Eden, there was the Tree of Life and the Tree of Knowledge, which both lasted thousands of years until George Washington famously chopped them down because Martha was making cherry pie for dessert that night. The famous biblical big fish story of Jonah less famously concludes with Jonah's anger at the Almighty over the death of a tree he planted. Now, I bet you'll go back for Yom Kippur afternoon this year to know what that's about, won't you? <laughs> no, you probably won't, but you should. It's a unique experience, a service at a unique time of day, and free apple juice afterward. Come on. All right, when you hear the words Eitz Chaim, they mean tree of life. See? We've got trees everywhere. Even the two wooden poles on which a Torah scroll is scrolled, they're called trees of life. Now you see, once in a while I will say something that's actually factually true. And the wood used to make matzah for Passover? Specially designated trees planted on Tubishvat. <laughs> see? Before about the saying stuff that's true, I did say once in a while. Now, all the jokes about Jews addressing everything by planting trees? Tubishvat. The Farmer's Almanac may say when to start planting these days, but Tubishvat makes the Almanac seem like a sapling. The saying, only Jews would plant trees in January? Well, it, it's not a real saying, but if it were, it would be because of Tubishvat. If it becomes a real saying, you heard it here first. Unless people find it offensive, then we'll keep this between us. But it should come as no surprise that no text, biblical or cellular, records the definitive origins of Tubishvat. At least, the true origins according to the world's most revered, heretofore unknown rabbinic botanist, Pinchas Pine Cohn. For the first time ever, 
Here's his heretofore unheralded Talmudesque treatment about this winter holiday's historic provenance. Cohn says that a central tenet of Judaism is tikkun olam, literally repairing the world. Because as the Talmud says, if it ain't broke, you're not living in it. Cohn says that the Talmud decided to state that the real reason the Jews plant trees at this frequently frigid time of year is, with tikkun olam in mind, to compensate for all the trees left curbside during the previous month by our Christian brethren and sisterin. If confronted with this notion, any Talmudic scholar today will disavow it, in no small part because the Talmud was written many centuries before the advent of Christmas trees. Cohen understands that not everyone buys into his scholarly screed. However, he points out that people often assume the Talmud and Torah have no connection to modern times. But they do. They really do. I just did a sermon about it. Uh, maybe I'll do an upcoming episode about it. Um, we'll see. But yes, the Talmud and Torah very strongly relate to modern times. You just have to listen closely during the Torah reading. You know, to hear it over all the whispered gossiping during the Torah service. Well, that's it. And I hope that you know that I know you've been pining for me to cover this subject, and I wouldn't abuse having you in the palm of my hand. Okie dokie. But I also hope that you know how much I thank you for listening in, hopefully not for the first time. Rear Pew Mirror is my longtime humor column, and this episode was based largely on my January 2022 column, A Tree by Any Other Name. Please follow Rear Pew Mirror on your podcast platform of choice, and tell your friends about it. Give it a review, as long as it's a good one, and share the episode around. If for some inexplicable reason you didn't like it, share it with your friends when you're mad at them. You can read past columns at rearpewmirror.com and follow Rear Pew Mirror on Facebook. Also, check out Rear Pew Mirror's home publication, Southern Jewish Life Magazine, at sjlmag.com for more legitimate news and facts than you'll ever hear from me here. I'll talk to you again next time. Be good out there.